Jake here. Thank you for taking a trip to the past with me. The original podcast version of The Americans will be released weekly, but if you don't want to wait, then go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. You'll receive access to all of The Americans as well as early release novels, audiobooks, and other exclusive extras. That's jakebible.substack.com. Now enjoy the original podcast production of The Americans. Cheers. Warning. This podcast reading is for mature audiences only. You will not be warned again. Welcome to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans, book two in the Dead Mech Apex Trilogy. The Americans is a side quill to Dead Mech, meaning it takes place simultaneously with book one. You can listen to this novel first or start with Dead Mech. Go to jakebible.com for more information on this podcast, Dead Mech, and other fiction by Jake Bible. Enjoy. Hey y'all, welcome back to more of the Americans, and as I promised, this would be a bit longer of an episode. And as you can see by the time, I'm sure you're looking at your little pod player thingy-mabob, whatever the hell you use, or if you're looking at the computer screen, you'll see this is considerably longer <laughs> than last week's little taster, little hors d'oeuvre, little appetizer. It just probably ticked you off last week, didn't it? I understand. I totally get it. I do. I understand. Gosh, why aren't you listening? I'm telling you, I get it. Okay, 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 okay. I don't want to argue. Don't want to fight. That's fine. Whatever. All right. In all seriousness, I'm glad you can make it back to the Americans. And I'm glad, you know, for those who listened to last week's episode, decided to reach out and chat a little bit. I got some emails. I got some DMs through Twitter. I got some Facebook messages, whatnot. Got some comments on the um, website. So, you know, a lot of you reached out. And pretty much, I'd say the majority of you were very understanding um, in my decision. Well, if I decide not to podcast the third book in the series of Dead Mac and the Americans. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy, and it's two things I do not have in abundance, <laughs> unfortunately. And to be honest, like I said last time, it doesn't necessarily pay off in the long run here. Um, you know, I guess it's not been too long. I've been podcasting since 2009. But, you know, for all the time and effort I put into it, I'm not seeing as much of a return as I need to. But... I have heard from a lot of you, and I have heard a lot of good opinions and a lot of good ideas, so who knows? I could still podcast the third one. It really depends on what's going on at the time when it's time to podcast, honestly. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. But I'm not saying no right now. We're just going to put it on the back burner. We're going to see. Um, sales will dictate a lot. So between now and when it's time to podcast that puppy, if I decide to, and sales are rocking on everything, you know, uh, then yeah, I may be able to have that time and, and energy to put into it. But we'll see. Not making that decision right now. The decision I am making is to start a Kickstarter campaign for Stark. So you can go to my website, jakebible.com, click on the Stark cover. You'll see it. And there's, you know, right there, top right corner. Boom. Kickstarter campaign. Click on it. 
Go right over to the campaign, check out the different rewards. You could get autographed ebooks, you could get autographed ebooks plus PDFs of the illustrations that are going to be in there. You could have your name in the next novella, Rash. Seriously, your name could be a victim. It's true, because really, there's only victims in this series. You have no idea. When it comes out, it's going to blow some of you away. It's brutal. It's a bit of the ultraviolence. So anyway, I've got that Kickstarter campaign going. Um, trying to hit a goal of $1,200 in the next 30 days. I hope I can do that. I want to be able to pay that artist. Give him some cash up front. Well, not up front, but once the Kickstarter campaign is done. Give him a little cashola there so that I can pay for some you know, full-on illustrations here. And... Make sure you read the campaign fully all the way down, the description all the way down to the end. If we're able to double the amount, $2,400, i will do the same rewards you know, for um, Rash. If we're able to triple it, get $3,600, I'll do the same rewards for Rash and for Dunn. Those are the other two novellas. So if you're pledging now, that means you could conceivably, if everybody gets on board with this, you could conceivably get three novellas worth of rewards. That's crazy deal. Crazy. So go check that out. All right. Spread the word. If you can't pledge, spread the word. You're on Facebook. You're on Twitter. You probably have websites. You have friends. You have family. Talk about it. That's all we need. Word of mouth. Spread the word. And that'll be awesome. That's all I'm asking. Spread the word. Get it out there. You know, just, just make a little effort. That's it. That's all. Um, let's get into this episode. It's a good one. I think you guys are going to like it. I think you'll like it a lot. There's a bit of the action going on. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think that's really about it. If you want autographed ebooks of the Americans or Dead Mech, go to my website, click on that link at the top. You'll see it where it says buy signed ebooks. Woo! And don't forget about the Kickstarter campaign. And hey, you know, I am listening. I do understand how important these free podcasts are. Truly, truly, I understand. So, you know, if we can get a rally going, if we can get a nice momentum behind some Jake Bible fiction between now and when it's time to podcast, when that novel is done and it's, you know, time to podcast it and get it out there. If we've got, you know, if we've got something good going on, then I'm not going to let you guys down. All right. I'll make you that promise. I won't let you down on that. But... Like I said, time, energy, money, there's a lot of factors that go into whether or not I can podcast the next novel or not. But we'll see. Who knows? You know? And if Stark takes off and is huge, shit fire. Well, maybe that'll decide things right there. So there's a lot of options. A lot of options for everybody. And not expensive options either. Tis the season, bitches. Well, I shouldn't say bitches. Tis the season, bitches and hoes. There we go. See, never leave out the hoes. The hoes get left out all the time. Bitches get all the attention, but what about the hoes? Damn. All right, that's about it. Enough rambling, joking, playing around. Hey, guys, thank you. Just know from the bottom of my heart, honestly, and this is no shitting around. This is not Jake being sarcastic. This is me being honest and true from the bottom of my heart. I truly appreciate every single fan out there. I truly appreciate every single listener. You guys all rock. You really do. And I know how much, well, I know how much you mean to me. And hopefully I mean as much to you. And we'll get it all worked out. Come here. Give me a hug. Yeah. Hug it out. All right, bitches and hoes. Cheers, y'all. Chapter 32
General Millman couldn't tell which way was up or down. His body was so contorted against the HAV's control panel. Sound off, he yelled. Voices began to echo through the vehicle as those that were able to respond did. Anyone have calm? No, sir, the tech said as he extended his hand and helped the general. The whole HAV is offline right now. Mag generator must have been damaged. The general braced himself and began to climb over the seats, making his way up through the HAV. Are you injured? he asked the tech. No, sir, just a couple bruises. Good to hear. Start working on the drive and let's see if we can get this thing out of here. Roger, the tech said, yanking at the panel on the floor. I should be able to get to the major components from here. If not, I'll have to get to it from the outside. Understood, the general said, checking personnel as he climbed past, seeing who was injured. Make sure you have ghosts with you when you exit. We don't know what's down here. Melissa, Beth, Billy, and both colonels stood at the edge of the hole as the rest of the ghosts watched the perimeter. Melissa looked at the landscape about her. This is some serious brown. Where are we? The Cotty region, I think, Colonel Owens replied. It's all sandstone hills and scrub brush. Never was the most hospitable area, even before the dead zone. What do you think is down there? Billy asked, peering into the darkness. He kicked a small pebble over the side, and they waited for a full minute before the sound made it back to them. Oh, that's one deep hole. And we're going down it, Colonel Smithfield announced. Okay, people, you know your assignments. Let's get our folks back up here and on the move now. Everyone moved to their posts with the rescue team securing BC cables to the sides of the hole as well as the HAVs for added support. Beth and Melissa began to do the same, but Colonel Owens held up his hand. Hold on, Colonel Owens said, shaking his head. You two are staying up here with me. I can help down there, Beth said. You, you may need my abilities. The only BC down there is our HAV, and any of the ghosts can manipulate that by touch, Colonel Owens insisted. I'd rather have you up here. If any spiders made it through back there, then they will be here soon. That's when we'll need you. What about me? Melissa asked. Pretty sure you two are a team, right? Smithfield said apologetically. Well, you're the topside team. Does Billy have to be on our team? Melissa joked, soliciting an instant frown from Smithfield. Understood, Colonel, Billy said, ignoring Melissa. Be careful. Thanks, Brenton, the Colonel nodded, and as one, the ghost descended into the darkness. Keep it tight and keep it mean, people. What are we looking at? General Millman asked. Lieutenant Mathers, a tall, slim woman of about 40, turned to the general, and the look on her face was not the answer he wanted. We have no idea, sir. She shone her halogen about the area. The light reflected off multicolored, shiny, slick mounds and then was sucked into the darkness beyond. What's that smell? Another ghost asked. Smells like... Uh, what? That's shit, a short, stocky ghost named Cross said. And piss and garbage and death. Smells like the refuse grounds before they vaporize all the trash. A couple of ghosts looked his way. What? We all didn't have desk jobs in basic. What it really smells like is a shitload of trouble, General Millman said, flicking shiny goo from his hand after running it across one of the walls. I want all personnel back in the HAV. Whatever made this cr Ah! The general cried out and grabbed his wrist. What the hell? The skin from his hand was sloughing right off, falling to the ground in blood-red chunks. Fuck! The ghost closest to Millman reached for the general, but came up short as glistening liquid shot from the darkness on onto her face. She began to scream as her flesh melted away, leaving nothing but steaming bone. Oh, shit! 
Cross yelled, pulling his sidearm and firing randomly into the darkness. I've got the general! Everyone back in the HAV! Mathers ordered, now the ranking officer. She pulled her own sidearm and joined Cross, firing with one hand as she draped the general's left arm over her shoulders. The height difference between the two made movement awkward. Take this! Mathers handed Cross her sidearm. Cross turned and covered their backs, a pistol in each hand. I don't know if I'm even hitting anything! Several liquid streams shot from the darkness right at Cross's eyes, and he dove to the side, rolling into one of the mounds. Instantly, any exposed skin began to burn and melt, and Cross's screams filled the darkness. Get the shit off me! Help! The mound he landed on began to squirm. What the fuck is this shit? Help! Something's crawling on me! Something's... Ah! That's not good, Smithfield said to himself as the gunshots and screams echoed up the hole towards the rescue team. Sir, we have movement from all sides, Captain Bonavita said, a hollow scanner clenched in his hand. And I mean all sides. The colonel looked over at the hollow and gasped. They're in the walls, people! Ghosts on all sides of him began to shout, firing whatever weapons their suits formed into the darkness. Choked-off screams and cries for help reverberated everywhere, and Smithfield tried not to panic. He felt something splatter against his suit, and he looked down to see shiny liquid streaming down his chest. Full suits now! Face plates in place! Smithfield activated his comm. Owens, we are under attack from something down here. Liquid streams are coming from the fucking walls. Liquid? Owens responded. What, what kind of liquid? I don't fucking know, Smithfield shouted. He grunted that when something heavy slammed into his back. Turning instinctively to shove it away, his breath caught in his throat as he watched a ghost dissolve inside her suit, leaving nothing but a polished skull peering through the faceplate that hadn't fully closed. The legs of the ghost's suit bulged as they filled with her liquefied remains. Holy God! Smithy! Owens yelled. What, what the fuck is happening down there? Several ghosts looked to Owens as he continued yelling into the calm. Fuck! He shouted in frustration, finally turning from the hole, all eyes on him. Aren't we going to help them? Melissa asked, then remembered herself, adding, Sir? We'll just get ourselves killed, Owens said. We can't go down there until we know what we're up against. I want all techs with scanners on this hole. I want all ghosts with complementary abilities assisting those techs. If we don't have the right gear, then fucking invent it! Personnel scrambled around the area, setting up equipment while the others spread out, filling the gaps in the perimeter. Melissa began to step away from the hole to see what she could do to help when she noticed the look on Beth's face. What is it? Do you hear that? Beth asked, her head cocked to the side. It, it's a rustling. You know, like leaves in the wind. Melissa concentrated, but she couldn't hear anything over the chaos about her. She shook her head. I don't hear it. There aren't any trees around here for leaves to be rustling. It's getting louder. You really can't hear that? Beth insisted. I don't hear... Oh, shit. What is that? Some of the other ghosts began to notice the noise also. We've got incoming! Captain Bristol shouted just as the rustling noise stopped. Where? What's happening? Someone give me a reading! Owens shouted. Sir, we, we had movement on the scanners, but then it stopped, a tech called out. Once it stopped, the readings cleared. Whatever it is, we can't pick it up unless it's moving. Okay, people, time to put your skills to work, Owens commanded. Fuck the tech, I want eyes. If you see something, shoot the fuck out of it. The ghosts tightened their formation, with the techs breaking down their equipment and rushing back into the HAVs. 
HAV drivers, hold your fire unless you have a clear line of sight, Owens ordered. I want to keep my ass intact. Screams came from the rearmost HAV as one of the techs struggled with his equipment on the ramp. Soon more screams were heard and one of the HAVs began to fire at random. Ghosts and personnel hit the ground. What the hell? Owens roared, taking cover behind a large boulder. I said to hold your fire! Beth reached out and grabbed Melissa's arm, her fingers digging into the flesh, even through the suit. What? Melissa cried, trying to pry Beth's hand away. What is... She didn't need to ask anything further as a large, black form slithered from around one of the HAVs. Oh. My. God. Colonel Owens and several others saw the shape at the same time. Fire! Owens ordered, but most of the ghosts had already started. The black form reared up and spread its hood, revealing itself to be a cobra of some type, at least 12 meters long and a meter thick, with a head two meters wide. Its body shuddered from the gunfire, but was able to spit several streams of venom from its mouth before it succumbed to the attack. Ghost dodged and ducked the venom. Several were splattered across their faceplates, the liquid sizzling slightly, but not corrosive enough to eat through the BC. More! Melissa shouted as she caught movement out of the corner of her eye and spun to see two cobras approaching from their right. Nine o'clock! A ghost screamed from the left. She tried to scramble away from the five cobras, hoods raised, coming at her, but she wasn't fast enough, and one struck, its two-foot fangs piercing through her suit, her abdomen, and out her back. The snake shook its head to dislodge the body, then struck again, wrapping its lower half around her, preparing to swallow the woman whole. Stop that thing! Beth yelled, starting to run to help. Melissa yanked her by the arm and pulled her back. We need to get into an HAV! Melissa pulled Beth towards the closest HAV, sprinting up the ramp. Other ghosts had the same idea and tried to follow, but their paths were blocked by several of the monstrous snakes. Shut the ramp! A ghost shouted, turning to fight, but found himself pinned to the hole as he was impaled by a set of fangs. Holy fuck! Billy yelled from behind the girls. Have you been hiding in here? Melissa shouted. You have, you fucking coward! There's giant motherfucking snakes out there, Billy shouted back. Who doesn't hide from giant motherfucking snakes? Beth concentrated on the HAV's ramp and got it to close and lock. There, we should be okay for now. What about everyone else? Melissa asked, pushing past three techs, making her way to the front. They need to fucking hide, Billy yelled. Those are giant fucking snakes. We fucking heard you, Billy. Shut the fuck up. Melissa snarled as she looked out the windshield and slapped the HAV driver on the back. Can't you shoot them? I can't get a lock. They don't track right, the driver shouted back. If I can't lock on them, I'll risk hitting our people. Melissa grabbed the man's head and forced him to take a hard look out the windshield. What's your name, Private? Desmond McHale. Well, Desmond McHale, our people are being swallowed whole. I think they'd rather get shot, don't you? Desmond hesitated, then activated his weapon system. If I kill anyone, it's on your head. Beth pushed Melissa out of the way and pulled the driver from his seat. Move, we'll do this. The fuck are you doing? Get in his seat, Beth ordered. Just start firing. I'll make sure the bullets find their mark. Melissa did as told and pulled the trigger as she took over the driver's seat, sending thousands of rounds of large caliber slugs flying from the HAV. Beth focused her attention on the oversized reptiles, sending the slugs directly at each of them. The results made Melissa gasp and stop firing. They all ducked their heads instinctively as bullets ricocheted everywhere. Did those just bounce off their skin? Yes, Beth whispered. What are we going to do? You need to change the slugs to be giant fucking snake-piercing slugs, Billy shrieked. Fucking get a hold of yourself, Melissa warned, or I'm going to fucking toss you out there with them. 
Billy shrank away from her, his eyes wide with panic. That was when she and Beth both got it. You're afraid of snakes, aren't you? Billy nodded, still watching to see if Melissa was going to make good on her threat. Holy shit, Melissa laughed. You'll gobble cock for scabs, but you can't deal with snakes. I hardly see how the two are related, Billy stammered. Beth watched the snakes attack and attack, whittling the number of Americans down with each strike. Then one of the cobras reared up, its massive forked tongue flicking out and in, out and in, its head moving from side to side, looking for the source of the smell it picked up. Other snakes stopped their attacks and did the same, no longer caring about their prey. Hey, Mel? Beth whispered. What are they doing? Melissa stopped glaring at Billy and looked out the windshield. Fuck if I know. I'm no herpetologist. Beth raised her eyebrows. Mr. Lang's biology class, I paid attention. The girls jumped back, startled, as several animals the size of very large dogs crested the sandstone hills and leapt at the cobras. The snakes lunged and struck, but the new creatures jumped aside easily and spun in the air, landing nimbly and clamping their jaws on the backs of the cobras' necks. Even through the HAV's hull, the girls could hear several high-pitched whistles immediately followed by loud, deep chirps. Melissa leaned forward. Are those? No. What? Beth asked, amazed at the speed and agility of the animals as they tore apart the snakes that hadn't retreated or escaped into the massive hole. What are they? Did you not pay attention at all? Melissa mocked. They're mongooses. Wouldn't that be mongeese? Billy asked, cringing at the look Melissa gave him. Sorry, I'll shut up. How are they getting through the scales when our guns couldn't? Desmond asked. They have really fucking sharp teeth. How else do you think they're doing it? Melissa shouted, watching snake blood fly about as the ghost still left standing took the opportunity to make a break for the HAVs. Melissa grabbed the comm. Get the ramps open! We've got people coming for cover! Melissa and Beth watched as the mongooses dispatched the remaining cobras. The high-pitched whistles sounded again and were in turn answered by the deep chirping, but this time the girls could see that the chirps were coming from the animals themselves. They immediately settled down and began to tear apart the dead cobras, eating the flesh in large chunks. From the tops of the hills, several cloaked figures descended onto the scene, each holding a long metal staff. Looks like we have company, Beth said, indicating the figures. Think they're friendly? Does anything around here look friendly? Melissa responded. Colonel Owens stood panting, his foot propped on a dead snake's head his arms covered by circular blades that dripped blood. Around him, the mongooses began to circle and move in. I'll fucking take you all, he yelled at the animals. One ducked in and he swiped at it, barely missing the mongoose's snout. Come on, try it! They want to make sure the beast is dead, a thick voice said from one of the cloaked figures. They have to know for themselves. They will not hurt you. Owens looked at the approaching strangers. They sure look like they will, he stated focusing on the blood-smeared muzzles of the animals. He raised his arms and braced for an attack, but a whistle brought the animals to a stop, and they all laid on the ground, heads alert and eyes focused only on the cobra corpse. Nice trick. As I had already stated, the lead figure said, they are not after you. Only confirmation that the snake is dead. Owens retracted his blades, changing his suit's composition so instead gun barrels extended from each forearm. How about you stop right there also? All figures halted. Perfect. Now, care to tell me who the fuck you are and what the fuck these things are? They look like giant spitting cobras, but those shouldn't be here. They are a mutated version of the King Cobra, the lead figure stated. 
Their venom is corrosive, no longer containing any neurotoxin properties. They developed the mutation over the past several hundred years in order to fight the Agori. To fight the what? Owens asked. You okay, sir? Beth asked over the comm. The colonel nodded slightly. All right. Should we stay put? The colonel nodded again. The Agori, demons sent from Kali to devour the living of all species, the figure answered. What was once man, now is not. The Agori ravaged our lands, killing without mercy. All that want to stay alive, whether snake or human being, has developed a way to fight the Agori. It is the way of nature. The figure removed his hood, and Owens whistled in surprise. The mongooses perked up at the whistle, but didn't move. Is that your real skin? Yes, the man answered. The human beings that survive the Agnahostra, cleansing fires, have changed as nature dictates. We are now thick-skinned so the Agori cannot bite us and eat of our flesh. Owen stared at the thick, dark brown scales that covered the man's neck and bald head. Evolutionary armor. Interesting. And the dogs? They are mongoose, the man responded. Not dogs. Dogs did not survive the Agni Hotra. We have bred the mongoose to achieve such size. Each village must have a mongoose pack to keep the cobra and other threats away. Owens looked about. Other threats? Many creatures survived the Agnahotra and were changed by it. Most are not friendly, some worse than the Agori themselves. Good to know, Owens nodded. Well, as much as I want to keep chatting, he waved his hand in a circle above his head and the HAV ramps instantly opened. We still have people stuck in that fucking hole and need to get them out. The man looked at the hole, then back at the others. All shook their heads. Your people are dead. That is the main nest for the cobra. None can survive down there. Not even mongoose. Well, I'd hate to take your word on that and be wrong, the colonel said, moving towards the hole. The cloaked figures started to shout and wave their arms at him. Several ghosts ran and surrounded the colonel, their weapons at the ready. Whoa there! Sudden movement is no one's friend. We're going to drop a few sensors down that pit and see what we can find. If you wouldn't mind calling your dogs back, that would be great. They are not, the colonel waved the man off. Mongoose, whatever, call them to you and hang over there, please, Mr. My name is Jagadabundo, and I strongly caution against disturbing the nest further. In fact, you all must leave quickly. The cobra will not be held back for long, and we are going back to our village, so we will not be here to rescue you again. All the figures whistled, and the mongooses responded instantly, springing to their feet and running past the men and up over the hills. It would be wise for you to leave. You should not be here. This is not a place for the unprotected flesh. The colonel raised his weapons and grinned. <laughs> they are hardly unprotected. Jagadbundo frowned as he surveyed the area and the carnage. Yes, I can see that. Well, then I wish you a good day and much luck. He turned and walked away, but paused after only a few steps. Although your ego may not have allowed this advice, I would hope you heed one more warning. And that is, you need to be gone before the sun is set in this region. The cobra is not the largest predator the Makati has, nor the most deadly. This area will be overrun by Agori and more when the last ray fades. Several ghosts glanced at the colonel, but he seemed unfazed. Thank you, Jag. We'll keep that in mind. Jagabundo eyes took on a sorrowful look without saying another word, he raised his hood and followed the others. Did he say we need to hightail it before sundown? Billy asked from the back of the pack of ghosts. That's in less than two hours. Shouldn't we be moving? We aren't leaving our people behind, Owens growled. 
But sir, shut it, Brenton, Owens roared. You can stay up here, but we are going down there. We can't afford to lose any more Americans. Anyone have a problem with that? No one spoke up. Good. Let's go. Beth and Melissa moved to join the rest, and Billy grabbed them both. What the fuck do you think you two are doing? We're going to help, Beth said. No, you aren't, Billy insisted. You're staying up here with me. Before either girl could protest, Billy shouted, Hey, Colonel, I'm keeping the girls up here. They're too young to be a part of this. Sound idea for once, Brenton, the colonel answered offhand as he consulted with the techs while they analyzed the sensor readings. Billy smirked and Melissa punched him in the arm. You suck, William. She stomped back to the HAV. Billy rubbed his arm, then cried out as Beth punched him in the other. Hey, he shouted after them. I'm just trying to keep you safe. You've been listening to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans. This novel and recording are protected under whatever latest, greatest Creative Commons license is out there currently. Share this all you want. Just don't even try to make a buck off it without the express permission of the author, me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please go to jakebible.com. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast production of The Americans. Don't want to wait each week for a new episode? Go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. Want more audiobooks? Go to jakebible.com for info and access to dozens of Jake Bible fiction audiobooks and ebooks. Cheers.